Welcome to The Vine, a plant media project podcast with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. The Vine is an insightful look into the world of plant medicine, exploring the changing landscape around cannabis and psychedelics and ending the stigma through educational discussions. The Vine podcast does not offer medical advice nor condone any use of illegal substances. Consult your physician or therapist before making changes to your wellness plan and before trying alternative healing medicines. Today, we welcome Victor Cabral, a licensed social worker and practicing psychotherapist who serves as the Director of Policy and Regulatory Affairs for Fluence Training, whose mission is to give healthcare providers the clinical skills and knowledge to provide effective, compassionate, evidence-based psychedelic therapy and integration services. Before joining Fluence, Victor served as a Deputy Director for the Pennsylvania Governor's Office of Advocacy and Reform, where he co-led the implementation of the Trauma-Informed PA Plan, helped establish the first Radical Day of Healing in Pennsylvania history, and developed free trauma trainings for Pennsylvanians in collaboration with internationally recognized experts. He was also selected by Students for Sensible Drug Policy's list of 40 under 40 outstanding BIPOC leaders in drug policy in the United States for his work in psychedelic policy. Welcome, Victor. Yes, Victor, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to be speaking with you today. You're certainly at the forefront of this new paradigm in healthcare, teaching providers about psychedelic therapy. Just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about your story and how you became a leader in this field. I have quite the story, right? But I guess what... um, (laughs) You know, I, I just made a transition into the field of, of service, you know, human services um, in 2013 after quitting my job in business as a business development representative. I had been going through some things. I uh, got kicked out of college and was kind of reevaluating what my path was in life. And so I um, uh, started working in my community and then around 2016, I had my, my first experience with plant medicine and it kind of uh, turned my world upside down in a positive way. And I just made a choice at that moment that 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 was the work that I wanted to do. And so um, since then, I've just been trying to find ways to use my skill set and my gifts to to bring the most value to, to the field and to also ensure that these medicines aren't lost to um, to communities of color and, and on other vulnerable uh, populations that um, have had relationships with these medicines for for uh, hundreds of years, but also are the most in need. I mean, when you look at uh, statistics and who's most affected by mental health, uh, systemic racism, et cetera, in our, in our communities, um, it just makes sense that these medicines would um, would be supportive of healing from that. And so, yeah, I've just kind of tried to, uh, wherever I'm at, talk about plant medicine. And so I got an opportunity to be in the governor's office for about three years. I talked about it then and then um, made the decision to make the transition out um, this March uh, to be full-time in the psychedelic space. It's so exciting. And we really want to learn more about training with fluence. You know, are there prerequisites to take these classes? Does one have to be a licensed professional to take the courses? Uh, so we have different, uh, I guess you could say levels of, of courses that we offer a variety of different courses, webinars, uh, some, uh, some are weekend programs that 
last two days. Some are 12 week reading and study programs, webinars, etc. cetera. Uh, so yeah, we, I think we have something for wherever you're at in your journey in terms of uh, receiving some training in psychedelic uh, assisted therapy and psychedelic integration. Some of our more advanced courses, such as our uh, ketamine assisted therapy, psychotherapy certificate and our psychedelic integration therapy certificate, those do, uh, we do look for folks who have, who are clinicians and who are a bit more experienced and will be able to take that, uh, you know, take those courses and those certificate programs and really apply them to the work that they're doing or plan to do. But uh, like I said, we have courses for um, anyone, uh, whether you're a licensed clinician or not, we have some courses that I think um, can help folks start to get their their feet wet, right, in, in the psychedelic space and learn a little bit more about psychedelic assisted therapy and integration and harm reduction. So one can go to your website and, and sort of look at what's there. And if you're just a regular person who wants to help with trip sitting or, I mean, it's you can do something at that level. Yeah. So uh, our training is, is mostly it's, it's geared towards clinicians for the most part, but we do have trainings that, um, folks can take to just get some general knowledge. We have an understanding ketamine course. We have, uh, integration essentials course. Um, but our courses are geared towards, uh, licensed professionals. That doesn't mean that we exclude others that want to take the courses, but depending on the course, we might say, well, this this might not be a good fit if you're not a licensed professional, et cetera. So, yeah, people can visit visit our website. It's fluencetraining.com and uh, take a look at the courses there. If there's anything that that uh, interests you and you have questions about whether it's a good fit or not or, or what's a good fit for you, you can always reach out to us and we'll help guide you through that process. So in 2020, Oregon became the first state in the nation to legalize the therapeutic supervised use of psilocybin, and it, it 56% of the voters approved it on the ballot measure, 109, and just wanted to see if you could give us your insight as to how states like Oregon are going to set up the infrastructure for this new therapy. Yeah, I think what's unique about Oregon is, uh, uh, so you have a lot of different professions, right? You have physicians, you have nurse practitioners, you have therapists, you have all of these different, and you have folks who are entheogenic practitioners who have years and years and years of training um, or real world experience, I guess you could say. And what, what Oregon has done is create a license that created a scope of practice that could house all of these folks under the same license. So I think, um, that's a really unique thing. And I think, um, that that may be a model that's used in, in other uh, in other states, but I also think that with that comes challenges, and and I think um, as things move forward, there's going to be uh, some learning and some changes, and, and as we go, and um, you know when you're building something new like this, there there are going to be things that we miss or things that we could have done better. Um, but I think they're doing a good job of pulling folks in and trying to really include folks from all different perspectives and paradigms and uh, to to build this out in the most comprehensive way possible and ensure that there's uh, that there's a strong foundation, that there's oversight, that there's accountability, that there's um, access, et cetera. And um, actually this week they just had three, Today's the last of three listening sessions that they're having. So they're still working through 
um, taking that feedback and kind of seeing where things could improve. So. When I was uh, reading about the listening sessions, I thought it was really interesting that because Measure 109 is a statewide initiative, that that means that it still will allow for counties to opt out and participating. And we saw this in cannabis as well, where it was like, okay, so a state would say that they want to have cannabis be legalized, but then counties could say, but you're not, or, or municipalities or cities saying, yeah, but we don't want any dispensaries in our town. And so I'm really going to be curious to see um, especially some of the rural communities, which would be fantastic for, you know, I'm just imagining these like psilocybin centers and it'd be beautiful to be in like the foothills of the mountains or something like that. But if the counties decide that they're opting out, then there's going to be, you know, professionals that are getting trained that may even have to move to a different county in order to practice. So it's definitely something really interesting to keep an eye on um, because I think that what they're doing in Oregon is so very special. Um, but we got some stuff cooking in PA too, you know, so let's hope, you know, our home state, we had um, our psychedelic education day uh, just recently in Harrisburg um, where Victor was one of our speakers. And, you know, we're, we're getting started to state to state, but I just really like seeing that one piece about how counties can opt out made me a little nervous. Like, please don't go down this cannabis route where people can now just say, we want to opt out. Like, I really feel like it should be something that, you know, can be in any county. So we'll, I guess, have to see as these listening sessions continue how the state's going to react. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it, even here in PA, we used to joke all the time that we have, um, you know, 67 different counties that do 67 different things. So I think it's great that uh, for counties to have that power to be able to make those decisions, but it also on a macro level can get complicated when you're trying mm -hmm. to kind of implement um, wide scale policy. So, absolutely. And, you know, I've been following your Instagram and seeing you post all these amazing videos from travel. And I know that you were just in Ecuador. And I wondered if maybe you could fill us in a little bit about your recent travels and, and some of the ceremonies that you participated in. Yeah, sure. So I um, I have a relationship with Dr. Monica Williams, and um, she's she's awesome. She does a lot of work around psychedelic assisted therapy and um, racial trauma, um, and she's published like I don't know a lot of research. And um, so she's working on uh, developing a program at the University of Ottawa, which will be a one year master's program and also these uh, micro programs around spirituality and psychedelic assisted therapy and research. And as part of that program, she really wanted to uh, start to take students and take other individuals, um, particularly individuals of color as well, to be able to have these experiences abroad. Um, and so she has a relationship with Dr. Flores, who's um, the founder of Nina Wasi, uh, which is a retreat center down there. He's a, a trained shaman, but he's also a medical doctor. And so she extended the invite uh, for me to come. And then Bob Parsons uh, uh, and the Bob, Bob and Renee Parsons Foundation agreed to, to kind of um, sponsor me to go. And so I had this wonderful opportunity to go down there with six other people. And um, over nine days, we had three different ceremonies. And it was um, it was wonderful. I've, I've had some international experiences with, with plant medicine in the past um, uh, and some legal experiences here in the States as well with ketamine, et cetera. But this was by far one of the most profound um, experiences that I've had, uh, the most profound experience. I, I tell people 
I've been telling my friends and I told my wife that I feel like I matured, uh, you know, 10, 20 years over the course of a couple of days. So um, it was very nourishing, very um, uh, like a hard reset. Um, and as you know, Gina, like we're all, anyone who's in this space is doing a thousand things at the same time. And so um, sometimes that break and that reset and, and um, remembering why we're doing this work is, is really needed. And I feel like I got that there. So. That's so wonderful. Incredible. So can you tell us a little bit about your documentary film, Transcendence, and how we can help support you with the project? Yeah, yeah, that's my baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, this film came about because I, I have uh, a group of friends um, who, who essentially I've been friends with for over 20 years. We grew up together. Um, some of them are family. And we, we really wanted to be able to show the ways in which we relate to each other as black and brown men and, and challenge the ways in which we're expected to show up uh, for each other, with each other, et cetera. And, um, and psychedelics just so happened to be a part of that journey. And so uh, we had the conversation and things just, just snowballed and happened. And so... Um, we're working with Esteban Serrano, who's the creative producer for Yo! MTV Raps. Um, Eric Blackerby is our writer and producer. Um, he has a bunch of experience in the entertainment industry. And then Sway Calloway, who's um, uh, on Shade 45, Sway in the Morning is one of the biggest hip-hop shows in the country. He's our executive producer. And really what we're trying to do with this film, it's grown from the message of uh, fellowship and brotherhood and psychedelics to more of a message of exploring the reemergence of psychedelic medicine or, or plant medicine from the perspective of people of color. Um, and so we, what we want to do is center BIPOC voices as researchers, as therapists, as a regular everyday human beings, as entheogenic practitioners or shamans, you know, and really bring uh, a wide variety of, of perspectives um, that that really show and uh, that showcase that communities of color have and do have a relationship with these medicines and um, providing that education to our community. So as these things develop and grow and blow up as we're seeing them blow up in a positive way, that our communities are ready to embrace and make a choice about whether these medicines are for them. That's fantastic. So you're in the process of still raising money for the film, yes? Yeah. So we're we're in the process of raising money right now. We're working on, uh, so you can go to pictureacolorfulworld.com and there you can watch a short version of our trailer as well as uh, donate to our uh, fund. Uh, we do have a fiscal sponsor, a nonprofit um, youth establishing standards out of Philadelphia who's supporting us in raising the money. But we are working with Opportunity Lab, which is a, a company out of New York who's been really, really supportive and has put a lot of resources behind us to have uh, an event this coming fall. So uh, we're planning a streaming event. And as soon as those details are finalized, we have to get everyone's schedules aligned. Uh, we'll be streaming that. And uh, hopefully uh, our goal is to raise $250,000 by the end of this fall. So um, that's what we're working on right now. And, um, we've gotten support from David Bronner, uh, and, uh, Dr. Bronner soap. They, they made a huge donation. So thank you to them. 
And we're hoping that as we um, release more cuts of the film, which is what we plan to do in the fall, that people will become more interested. And we're already seeing uh, a lot of support and a lot of interest in seeing this film happen. So that's that, that feels good and it's a good sign. So I saw today on uh, LinkedIn that uh, our friends at psychedelic.support Somebody was saying, you know, after this new documentary, Michael Pollan's documentaries come out, like, is is this going to really blow up? And she wrote that their website has seen like 158% increase in traffic. And what, it's been out three or four days now. So what are you seeing from that? Yeah, I mean, so far, uh, just friends reaching out. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? I, I And I, you know, with me coming back from Ecuador and kind of very intentionally sharing my experience, it's just like, it was just, it just kind of lined up. Like I released the video and I was like, oh man, this is coming out. So I think um, in, in the psychedelic space, we, we refer to like the Michael Pollan effect from when his book came out, right? And what that did for the movement and and... So I think this documentary is going to have a similar impact. And for me, the, the immediate thought was, OK, everyone's in my community, at least, is like watching me talk about these very profound experiences. And now they can run and watch this thing on Netflix that kind of puts some meat around what I've been sharing. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of people defer to this film as kind of like a basic a place to get basic education around what these medicines are and hopefully challenge some stigmas and some pre, uh, presumptions, et cetera, that people hold. So, I, I agree with you. I've I sent think it to so my too. father, my 86-year-old father, my family, everyone. I'm like, this is what we've been talking about. Please watch it and understand. Hear it from doctors, scientists, researchers, professionals. And, and Michael Pollan kind of seems like, you know, like um, – he has a gentle way of kind of explaining and diving into these topics, kind of like the Mr. Rogers of psychedelics, right? Like he's able to like hold our hand through these, these different experiences, but you know, there, there wasn't really the focus on BIPOC community that, you know, I wish to see. And I was lucky enough to watch the transcendence trailer um, before we had the psychedelia documentary film um, in Harrisburg following uh, as a part of our psych- uh, PA psychedelic education day. And I can tell you that what the work that you're doing, Victor, is so important because it speaks directly to your community in such a way that I don't see in some of these other documentary films that have come out. So yes, where I feel like Michael Pollan's um, four-part docu-series on Netflix now will be helpful in getting kind of the mainstream uh, community to maybe pay attention to this. I do feel that there were some voices missing um, in that docu-series that I really feel that transcendence is going to give uh, to the community. And so I'm really excited to, you know, support you through this journey. And I really encourage everyone to, to check out transcendence and to donate if you can, because this documentary is going to be very important um, to the psychedelic space um, and the work that you're doing. And Duran Young, who we I got to meet in person, I mean, just so impactful um, and important. Um, and, you know, we need funds to do that. So there's this is an expensive thing to produce. Films are not easy. That's <laughs> very expensive. So if you, this is a topic that's important to you, I really encourage you to, you know, reach out to Victor, learn more about transcendence and, and, and 
find ways that you can contribute, even if it's not monetarily, even just being out there and spreading the word about it and sharing the links and talking about it with your community is just so important. Just so, so important. Yeah, thank you so much for naming that, Gina. And um, that's, you know, that's what really pushes this project is that we know that this is a unique perspective. We know that it's authentic and that it comes from a place of uh, of love. And um, so I haven't watched the docuseries yet, but, you know, I, I kind of uh, already imagine that, that there's not a lot of voices in there that um, are representative of my community, which is why we're really behind this film. I know Duran's in it and there's a couple other folks. So uh, I just appreciate you naming that and, and for your support. Absolutely. No, I was just so lucky to get to meet you in person. I know that we had been communicating while you were still in the governor's office. And, you know, it's just that time where like, we're in this political culture. And I'm like watching what you're doing. Like, I know you want to scream from the mountaintops about all this stuff that you've learned. And yet, like you're in this position with, you know, within the state government. So when I saw that you made the move to Fluence, I was like, we definitely got to get Victor on the podcast, because I just think that you're really showing others through example, how they can create a life for themselves in the psychedelic space and how not everyone has to take the same path. And I think that what we've heard today about fluence training as well is that if you're interested in this sort of work, there's going to be many different pathways for you to get educated, to get involved. And with what we talked about earlier with Oregon, you know, you may not even have to be a medical professional to participate. You can be involved in various different ways. You know, we think about how you can do everything from marketing psychedelics to helping with, you know, research to being an, uh, an assistant to someone in the scene that really needs help coordinating their schedules with all the things they have going on. Just if you're feeling moved to be a part of this industry, really now is the time I think to do that. And so just watching, you know, you evolve and, and really put yourself out there. So, so honestly and authentically about how you wanted this to be a part of your life and you created this entire career and pathway for yourself. I just like, I know that that's inspiring to me and I feel that it'll be inspiring to our listeners as well. I have to say, Victor, she is a complete <laughs> fangirl. <laughs> as am I now, I didn't meet you before, but um, she really sings your praises. I, re I really appreciate that. So much gratitude. And I think, yeah, I, I agree, Gina, that um, this is a whole other, like, I think people, and I I can sympathize and empathize with the fact that people look at this movement and they're like, well, I'm not a therapist. I don't have any, like, psychedelic training. But this is an entire industry of, like, there's going to be, just like any other industry, there's going to be people of all walks of life with all kinds of skills that we're going to need to to um, to really uphold this, like therapists by themselves are not going to create this movement, right? Or, or um, to hold this movement up. And so I would just encourage people to really explore, like, what are your gifts? What are the things that you're good at? And then finding where you fit and, and how you can bring those gifts, like Mark, like you said, marketing, um, there's a bunch of stuff that I'm not good at, right? That I'm hoping that I find other people that are interested in psychedelics that are able to like partner with me or partner with us as we're working. So um, just want to say, yeah, you don't have to be a therapist. Just what, what are your gifts and, and where can you fit in? 
That's great. And and we'll be able to be talking about more of this. Um, Fluence is a sponsor for Horizons Northwest, which will be taking place in about a couple months in Portland, Oregon. So we'll be at the Portland Art Museum, you know, for five days of uh, psychedelic education. And we have classes and workshops are going to be offered. There's going to be some business uh, forums and workshops and then also just general public events. So if you're in the Portland area and you're interested, check out horizonspbc.com. Fluence, as I said, is one of our primary sponsors for the event. Event, and we're really looking forward to gathering with the community in Oregon to really talk about what this is going to be like moving forward um, after 109 has been passed. So it's an exciting time in psychedelics. <laughs> yeah, I really encourage people. I mean, Horizons was my first introduction to um, the psychedelic space. Uh, I made the trip to New York from Pennsylvania and it was like I, I met Dr. Williams there like. Um, so I really would encourage people like to go. It's fun. There's a lot of different kinds of people there that are doing different things. Uh, and it's just a good place to network and learn. So we'll be back in, in New York in October this year. Um, I feel like one of my favorite parts of Going Horizons last year, Elizabeth, was us getting to like have our Airbnb with our friends from across the nation that all came in. And we got to like stay together in a house in Brooklyn. We just had such a fantastic time. And I think we had people ages 23 to 73 or something in our right. in our house. So um, also proving that, you know, this this um, new movement and in industry is really for everyone. You don't you can be a young person that's in, in inspired by this and wanting to get in it. Or you can be someone maybe in the twilight of your career that's really interested in how maybe you can make a movement or be a part of it in some other way. So um, definitely looking forward to gathering this fall for these events. And if you're if people are interested in getting connected directly with you, Victor, how can they find you? So right now, uh, the best way to find me is probably LinkedIn, uh, my Instagram account, which is a wondrous mind. Um, same thing on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I am working on a website, so it's still being developed and hopefully going to be launched. It's victorcabral.com. But for now, uh, folks can find me um, on social media. And uh, my email address is victor at cabralconsulting.us. So um, if anyone wants to connect on any projects or ask any any direct questions, you can reach out to me via email as well. Thank you so much, Victor, for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you both for having me. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on another episode of The Vine, a plant media project podcast. For cannabis and psychedelic news, please visit us online at plantmediaproject.com. Together, we can end the stigma around plant medicine. Mm-hmm.